It's very nondescript. I'm in a hotel in Cicada, Leyden, Maryland, on tour with oh, Drive saw, and Drag. I saw you post a cicada on your on your on your Instagram. I said, "Oh, that's said, not exciting. That's just you scary." Said, that's not the only bug she has on her dress. <laughs> I mean, how are you, you liking? Know, to, it wasn't very the, inclusive of my scabies and lice. You know, it's like to only post that picture of the cicada in my dress. No, there's literally dead cicadas laying out. Uh, one of them got Asia O'Hara, like kind of zoomed at her at night. Oh, so. God. Did it kill her? <laughs> no, but I will. One can hope. <laughs> um, we, we've been having fun on tour. We're headed to Raleigh after tonight. And then, I don't know, Pittsburgh, Philly, uh, Jesus, uh Boston, New York. Oh, she's back on the road. She is, she is, she is living her fantasy, no, honey. No, you know what? This has been great for me because I wanted to vampire some youthful energy from these younger queens who are, I was going to say half my age, but as, Girl, as a quarter. I, God make it probably a quarter no, of your age. Up. No, they wouldn't know. <laughs> no, it's a third. It's a third. So, uh, you know, I mean, God make is on the, uh, he and I were sharing a trailer uh, and, um, uh, with Vanjie and Asia in drag, and in drag, she goes by she. She well, she does go by she. Goes, she says she doesn't care because she's in and out of drag. But um, yeah. they're act, she's like the he Gottmik is the mascot. Um, you know, everyone was young and she everyone loves her. MG girl, she's young. That's right. And Miss um, Vanjie is a fucking fool. She oh, is hilarious. Oh my she's god. So funny. She is hilarious. And, you know, she's like um, uh, the first night we got on the bus, the tour bus, we're getting we're winding down. Well, I was. It was way past my bedtime. Um, as the crowd could tell was I started snoring during my number, just like they were. <laughs> no, um, but um, she we're on the bus for the first time and she knows that I'm like in her orbit. She knows it. So she starts saying back. She got those two voices. And she said, come on, bud, bud. I know you're tired. I'm going to sing you a lullaby. Rock about baby. Like, Vanjie, do you know how soothing that is? She's just insane. She's totally she is. insane. Van Vanjie is a fun go to tour with. And also, Vanjie drinks. Like, there's so many sober girls. I'm like, ugh, you don't drink. But Vanjie, 
well, normally when we get ready together, we get fucking wasted. And I just, I really, really, really enjoy Vanessa Vanjie Mateo. I do too. And God, Mick, and I needed that youthful energy. I've been cooped up at home for a year, you know, not mm. making money, not being with other people. And, you know, it's hard to learn to be with people after you've been, you know, alone. And this was like full strength, like you're with them in a trailer, not the first yeah. trailer I've been in. And, um, you know, you're, 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 you're with them on the road and, you know, you get a real sense of, as you know, from these big work the world tours from the mm -hmm. dancers on down, you just to the stage hands. It's like a touring show that you kind of feel like family and you're you're all oh, for sure uh, in that it, moment I, and then like a year later you're like uh who is that i don't care about these hoes yeah fuck them well i mean you know i've actually really enjoyed getting to know asia who is a, a fun black drag queen from dallas i mean that's her shtick she's funny on the mic and um is she? we have so, yes we have some bits <laughs> i'm kidding i'm she, kidding i'm kidding she, no, she said something about uh, went out in the crowd and said, "Oh, who's the biggest Miss Vanjie fan?" Then she'll ask them a question and they can win something. And then who's the biggest Gottmik fan? Then she said, "Does one more?" And then she said, "And who's the biggest Lady Bunny fan?" I'm just kidding, <sighs> <laughs> as if I don't have any fans. Well, Bunny, the joke didn't shade you. The truth shaded you. Oh. So anyway, I'm on the road and we're going we're to the end of June and we end up at New York City at Randall's Island for Pride. So three nights if you're out there. But this show has been selling out. But you know what? People, now that Prides have been canceled, people are wearing their rainbow stuff to this and, mm -hmm. and making it kind of like an outdoor event and bringing, God, big buckets of booze and you know, that Asia runs out in the audience and drinks. It's Well, it's, I will it, say, I've seen, I, I mean, New York City is like open, open, and I, the, the pictures of the clubs, girl, wall-to-wall -wall legends in the club, girl. People are, there is heavy breathing, there is sweat, the children, New York City is back in full tea. It's so, wild. I was like, New York better do it, because LA I, is not there. We are not here in LA. LA is still not that. The clubs aren't open. The clubs aren't open, but you still have to sit down at tables and you can't get up and you have to like that situation. Well, that's what it was like at the Monster for a month. And then I DJed the, the, the last Sunday and mm -hmm. it was the first night that they had dancing. And I mean, look, I kept my mask on like the other employees because I may have a fancy wig on. But, honey, I'm the help. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> just like the bus boys, just like the, the, yeah. the security, I left my mask on also because I'm in there. But it was wild. But this has really been pushing me and I listen you know I'm not a new agey person at all mm -hmm. I'm not even a spiritual person but I will say that is this the liftoff of the covid crisis now oh, I, I don't sure. think that I don't think that anybody knows uh, I mean, it, had the vaccines been working? I mean, they are effective. They've, the cities like New York that have had, I mean, San Francisco's has like zero deaths. I mean, somebody's mm -hmm. figuring this out. So, um, I mean, I think it's important after a really dark year for me and others of loss of lives, of 
you know, loss of livelihood, um, for us to create a space. And this is something that spiritual or, or new agey people say, and I don't usually create a space for envisioning the lift off to say, yeah. Oh, look, okay. You couldn't do this, but now you can be on tour. Now you can be at a club. Mm-hmm. Now you may feel comfortable to eat inside a restaurant. You know, uh, somebody said that masks were totally, unneeded in new york but i that was a random tweet i don't know about that yeah i don't think that's true um yeah yeah i I, or maybe it is i don't know i i'm since i've moved across the country i've I've not been abreast on all of the new york information oh nothing like you talking about your hairy breasts to turn me on Um, so like Buddy was saying at the, at the Drive and Drag, a lot of people are um, have been coming to the Drive and Drag shows in Pride, and this, which makes sense for this episode, because today we're talking about Pride. We have a great guest today. His name is Andy Hum. Um, he is he's not the founder of Gay of of, of Gay USA, but he's the host of Gay USA um, for Gay Cable Network, and um, we're gonna talk to him about which uh, is Pride. It on on. Yeah, which airs on Dish, and you can you can catch it if you Google Gay USA. For 35 years, he's done this program. One of the uh, criticisms of the organizers of uh, gay prides this is wor- this is all over the place um, has been that they are too corporate and that it's too much of a party and not enough of a march for our rights. And and you know we do kind of leave that you know like if the right stuff off to a large degree. I mean, we don't really know what the ins and outs are all of the time. And Gay USA is his show with activist Ann Northrup, who, um, where they look at the issues and they really go over this stuff. And I do encourage people to watch it. I mean, it hasn't been going on for 35 years for no reason. And another mm-hmm. thing is that, so I, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, Monet, but I was booked in New Zealand for gay pride two years ago. They canceled the pride because the native Aborigine people who were involved with the pride spoke out and, uh, said that they don't feel safe because they've been abused by the police. So mm. they, they, and so the organizers did not want to, uh, to have the parade without police. So fast forward to now and New York city pride is, uh, not wanting police to march in uniform with guns, including the gay officers actually. Now I've had my issues with, uh, but with, they can come uh, just real quick. They can come just not in uniform, not with, not with batons, not with guns, not with shields. They can come as like, as normal citizens like you and me, but they're just not invited if they want to come in their police gear. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, look, I mean, I have criticized Heritage of Pride for decades. I mean, they have done some of the dumbest stuff that took away the enjoyment <laughs> of the parade for me, like working with the police to barricade. The, everyone used to run wild on Christopher Street. That was the most mm-hmm. fun. Sometimes you would just go and skip the parade because it was too hot and just get in drag and get fucked up and run down to the piers and back all night long, dip into bars, whatever, meet men, all of it. So mm-hmm. the uh, they, they started, this is probably five to eight years ago, barricading the sidewalks, which was a safety hazard because suddenly you had hundreds of people that had to fit within an eight 
uh, feet thing on the sidewalk, and the, there, yeah. there was nothing in the in the street. So it was like, but cars it was were going by. Wasn't that like a safety thing? No. No, that the, the oh. street was shut, and it wasn't a, a, a thing. So it was almost like Heritage of Pride was policing its own parade in a way that was dumb and made it less fun. Uh, you know, so maybe they wanted people to go down to their Pride Fest, you know, thing if they wanted to mill around in the crowd and see shows and make purchases or whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've, I've often found myself at odds with with Heritage of Pride. And, and we're all, you know. No, I was going to say, and Andy's always going to clarify because I know a lot of people cannot make the, the, the delineation between Heritage of Pride and Reclaim Pride. They're two different things. And, um, uh, and well, they, Heritage of Pride. Heritage yeah. of Pride is the group that runs New York City Pride. Like the big Pride right. Parade, that's run by the Heritage of Pride. Situation. In the last two years, Reclaim, Reclaim Pride, which Andy, our guest, is associated with, is a mm -hmm. renegade thing that says no cops, no corporations. They don't want. Which seems the big like it's clothes. very Lady Bunny. It is. It is very no big no no no, no commercial shit. No, it, it, like Reclaim Pride seems very Lady Bunny, very anarchy. And then, so it's, it's it's so funny. It's so funny to me. You're like, what the fuck? I love that you associate me with anarchy. Oh, uh, for sure. Know, but you are an anarchist uh, the house down boots. Okay. But, but, okay. Speaking of boots, I did do a corporate <laughs> uh, pride thing for Uggs and they sent me oh. some beautiful rainbow sandals. And I'm not being paid to say this. I, they're like walking on marshmallows. If you're sitting on a float, you don't want to wear spike heels and be crippled. I mean, these are brilliant. So look, I work with corporations. The year that I went to Reclaim Pride to see all these activists speak, um, uh -huh. I late, worked later on uh, for MTV and then worked DJing and then worked for a, on a float on a travel company. The, 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 the World Pride was so long that they didn't even get to actually leave <laughs> The play, the where they were stationed before they joined the parade, so I didn't actually get to. I had to leave to go. You know, the, the, so listen, I do both. I, I I I want the party and I want our rights, and and you know it, it's not as focused. The the big parades that's a that's a party. They're not focused on rights. They're focused on on partying, you know, and 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 wear, yeah. wearing sexy costumes. So you know, we didn't used to have the right to do that. So sometimes we do need to listen to more of the people who did help cement those rights. And you know, from 1974, Andy Hum's been doing his thing. So uh, yeah. let us not ever say that we don't appreciate our elders. And it was very sweet of him to join us last minute. I don't actually know Andy, even though, you know, we're both from I know York. him from Grindr. <laughs> <laughs> we're, very, oh. we're very good friends. Oh. Oh, you, uh, okay. Okay. What are what are so, you doing this year for Pride, Monet? Oh, this year for Pride, I have a few gigs here and there. More, honestly, a lot of still virtual stuff, which I'm not mad about, and some in studio stuff, but not any in person Pride things yet. Um, mm -hmm. uh, um, I will be going to South Africa in August. So, okay. but I don't think it's there is there Pride time then. I thought that it was some type of Pride situation, but it's not. Um, so, but that is the, that, that, that is the next like big in-person thing I'm doing is not until yeah. August. So I no don't usually stuff. associate you with pride. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you know um, what? That's fine. Because I, I definitely search, I associate you with one of the deadly sins. You know? Do you know which one? Gluttony. Mm-mm. Uh, sloth. <laughs> At, uh, avarice, <laughs> coveting. I don't even know what they are. Um, jealousy, jealousy. There's one. Envy. Um, yeah, envy. Are, yeah, what, green, green looks great on you. Bitch, what are you doing in South Africa? Oh, I'm doing. Um, oh my God, I'm doing my one woman show. Uh, Call me by Monet. I have not done it in two years. So Patty and I are gonna be in Australia doing my one. I had to remember all the jokes and how it goes and all the songs. Da, 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 da. But um, before that, but oh my God, Bunny, today my new single "Love Like This" is out. It's my new R&B reggae joint. Is it a Faith Evans cover? <laughs> no. Oh, never knew my love. No, it's not. It's not that song. It's it's a completely original song. Okay, well, I can't wait to hear it. Where can we? It's out. It's out. On yeah, iTunes. it's out. It's, it's out everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, well, anywhere music is available. And listen, buy it and stream it. All right, because y'all are already streaming for free. You already have Spotify. You already have Apple Music and streaming for free. Bitch, go in, go into the Apple Store and buy it. Buy her, honey, own her. And, and then vinyls know, are coming out. I'm gonna have vinyls coming out for them. A hundred, a hundred limited quality of a hundred. Limited quantity of a hundred vinyls. Oh no, you were right the way. first time. Limited quantity, quality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bitch, you fucking it up too. Fuck you, whore. <laughs> uh, so, so, um, oh well, that's exciting. Now, is this a whole album, right? No, this is just the first single. The whole album's coming out in October, but this is just the first single from it. Okay, so listen, mm. but you did your show, Call Me by Monet, before Lil Nas X's hit. Girl, you're a visionary. Oh you have to work in a version of that. <laughs> oh my God, I should. Oh my God, buddy, that's so smart. Call me okay. by Monet. <laughs> okay, but if you if you write me the parody, I'll do it. How about that? I'll pay okay. you in some shekels. Yeah, well, you you, you can be the devil and the artist. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to hunt the devil you can be the devil <laughs> but i'm very excited for our guest today I am too. Andy Hum is a journalist, activist, and he is currently co-host of TV news program Gay USA. We welcome Andy Hum. Hi, Andy. Thank you very much. We do. We've kept that name, Gay USA, even though it's very retro. But we say it's is it retro? Wait, how is it retro? Just the word gay. We keep it up there because when people are flipping channels gay pops out of them. We do call it the LGBTQIA news hour, but uh, it, which it is, and we cover AIDS issues as well. But uh, we've kept the Gay USA title. Well, you know, Queer USA, just, I get it, but Gay USA, just, it just rolls off the tongue better. No offense to anybody else. Gay USA, it just rolls off the tongue, and it's cute. And people will be all right. Do, do you get a lot well, of backlash about thank that? You. Thank you. Sometimes. Uh, and oh, we need gosh. younger re re reinforcements. I'm 67, and my co-host, Dan, is... <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I've actually it, the, the the use of the word queer, which is obviously used to be more inclusive than gay, because trans don't consider themselves gay, bi doesn't consider themselves gay. 
all that kind of stuff. But it is odd to me that as creative as the gay community is, we couldn't come up with a new word because queer, as you know, you this may be true in your experience, it's certainly true in mine, queer was the word that was used to bash me as gay. Like, take that, mm-hmm. you fucking queer. So, we're, yeah. you know, we're all about not using the word that sounds like tyranny and rhymes with granny because that was the word used to bash trans people. But and so we hit upon this quote inclusive word, which actually mm. is the word that was used to bash me. <laughs> I agree. Sorry. Well, that's the way the kids identify these days. Very few identify as gay or lesbian. They're more queer, non-binary, yeah. all that stuff in the surveys. Right. Right. Wow. Well, um, wow. well, fuck them. I hate young people. No, <laughs> um, it's just odd to me that they chose the actual slur that was the most homophobic in my in- entire upbringing, and they're not concerned at all about my trauma. But what do I know? I'm just a cisgendered white who only wears wigs to work. <laughs> what, did Larry, what did Larry Kramer call his novel? Faggots, um, right? Yes, oh, faggots. Actually, yes. that was chosen by his publisher. It wasn't Larry's idea. Uh, <laughs> really? Just to be provocative and sell books. Right, right. Um, so well, you, uh, tell us about where Gay USA airs. Where can we well, catch it? Uh, Gay USA, it's funny. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Gay USA was developed out of the Gay Cable Network, a guy named Lou Maletta. Remember, do you oh, remember Lou? Oh, yes, Lou I Maletta do. was like, just like, like Lululemon? <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> young person. Born in 1936. Uh, he, he was a pornographer. Just say it flat out. So he had all this camera equipment, and he decided he wanted to do something for the community. And he started in 1984 covering all these community events and going out and covering things. It's, there's mm. a rich library of this stuff at the New York Public Library of what he shot. I mean, you know, Ann and I, for, we kept Gay USA going, which was just one of his shows. Uh, but, you know, he started off just showing male erotica on television. You could show it on cable as long as you didn't show insertion. Uh, Got and it. he did that. And then he built built this little empire. We covered the Democratic and Republican conventions for decades uh, with Lou Maletta. So that was a that was a great activist experience. And when he gave it up in the year 2000, Uh, We kept it going at Manhattan Neighborhood Network. And then our show got picked up. And Lou used to send tapes around the country. We had Mm. a fan base in Atlanta and, you know, and all these other places. But, you know, you've heard of free speech TV? No, I have not. They do the Amy Goodman show. They do the uh, Democracy Now. Democracy Now. Yeah. They do all those shows. They picked us up. So that puts us on the Dish Network, on DirecTV. And then we, we do, we do too, do a, we do this as a podcast. And we do, we're on okay. YouTube all the time. So I've been doing it for 35, five, well, more uh, years. And Ann and I have been together for 25 years. So nice, Gay nice. USA has been and, running for, for 25 years. Uh, no, yeah, you, it's been over 35 years, but uh, oh, 35 okay. for 25. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then so and then so that so I so the Gay USA would cover the conventions and I just can't imagine that y'all, especially at the Republican National Convention, that y'all were well received. 
the Republican convention was the most fun. Democrats, they're always saying they're for you, mostly. Uh, right. Going up, stick it. Well, of course, our microphone said GCN. They didn't know what it was. We said, we're from GCN. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we interviewed Strom Thurmond and Newt Gingrich and Bob Dole and and, and the, the religious right, all those people, Henry Kissinger. Uh, it was fun putting a microphone in their faces and asking them questions. Oh my God, y'all should, y'all, y'all should have shaped the microphones like dicks to really get Newt Gingrich together. <laughs> That'll be lovely. That is vulgar, Monet, and we have a reporter, an activist on this week. <laughs> well, right now, we're just a one hour, two elderly people telling you what happened in the LGBTQ world last week from around the world and, and AIDS news as well. Um, Now, your Wikipedia page says, as a gay news reporter, Hum has covered virtually every major gay and AIDS news story since the 1980s. You began writing for the gay press in the 70s and 80s and worked for New York City News. Can you tell us, I mean, it's hard to narrow them down, but what, what were some of the most explosive you know, gay stories, AIDS news stories that you covered because, you know, this generation, the younger generation, AIDS is no longer a death sentence, but obviously in my time and in yours, it was, and we were reeling from the tragedy and we were fighting the government for drugs, doing die-ins outside of St. Patrick's Cathedral because we were scared to death. And Mm -hmm. I mean, but... Well, that was there's inside some... St. Patrick's Cathedral. My co-host got arrested inside. Uh, oh, wow. I, was, I was outside. We, we actually had a difference of opinion about going inside, uh, which I took some crap for. And, and, you know, Larry Kramer always said about that action, stop the church. And don't forget, they never repeated it again. He said, after that, stop the, everybody stop was the church. Afraid, stop the church was a huge demonstration, not just act up, but act up. It was hundreds of groups outside the, c- complaining about Cardinal O'Connor stopping AIDS education, stopping L- stopping the gay rights bill, you know that kind of stuff. Uh, and he also to- said that condoms. He also said that in the right as the AIDS crisis was blowing up, he said right. that condoms do not prevent the spread of AIDS, which of course is nonsense. Of course. I mean, so was- if you're a religious leader and you're telling people to to avoid something which could, you know, uh, stop the transmission of AIDS, I mean, that's just a lie. It's disgusting. So look, I, when I was a kid, I was a Catholic, and I joined mm. the gay Catholic group Dignity. <laughs> I may have been an atheist since like 1982, but in those days, I was in Dignity. We protested outside St. Patrick's Cathedral all the time against church bigotry. And, uh, you know, so... I, I didn't. I supported the action of protesting the cardinal, um, but Larry Kramer said that action made everybody afraid of us. That nobody could predict what we were going to do next, and it really made the name of ACT UP. Mm-hmm. And Larry Kramer is someone who you've also worked with and interviewed. He passed away last year, was it, or the year Larry, before? Larry, I know. 20- since uh, well, the first time I met Larry Kramer. I was invited on a show like this to debate some gay issues, and he had written Faggots, the novel, and uh, that was a that was a forbidden book in the community because it told all our secrets. And actually, there was a you know because there was so little gay literature that was out there, people resented him just talking about how promiscuous we were and all this kind of stuff. So and I'm on Fire already, Island, I, Fire, Fire Island, what? drugs, you know, uh, I have, pos- I have escorts. 
I hadn't even read the book, but I was going to debate Larry Kramer. And we did, and we went back and forth. And after we finished, we went out in the street, and he said, uh, asked me if I wanted to go out. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wait, go out, like, like go out to, uh, for go drinks? Out, go out. Or go we, we Yeah, we, we became friends. Uh, and okay. I did read the book, and it's a funny book if you've never read it. And, uh, of course, Larry is one of the great heroes of the AIDS crisis, right? Uh, for, yes. For, GMHC. I was in Larry Kramer's apartment in 1981 when he called everybody together to listen to a doctor tell us about this thing that was going on 40 years ago. And now we listened to him talk about this. uh, This doctor, you could have heard a pin drop. We were terrified because, you you know, Mm -hmm. we hadn't seen that many cases among our friends yet, but it was starting to explode. Um, In the normal heart, HBO version, he has a scene there, which is of that, and he has people going, oh, honey, stop this. I have an orgy to go to. Forget it. Let's go. And that didn't happen at all. That was a little right, embellishment right. on Larry's part. But but he did call us together. He did form GMHC out of that meeting. And oh, nice. eventually, he was so fed up that GMHC was an activist enough, he formed ACT UP in 87. Got it, got it. Because he and, was like, GMHC is playing it too cool. We need, we, we, we need, we need to be radical. Right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I was drawn to his work when he gave, gave a speech at Cooper Union called The Tragedy of Today's Gaze. And actually, I mean, he spoke with such, you know, brutal honesty, saying things like wondering if how many people he had killed uh, through using unsafe sex. Now, a lot of gay people did not want to hear that, and the gay media at that time was largely focused on HX, Next, you know, like the politically wow. incorrect party papers. I mean, we did, you know, the, the, the gay community doesn't always give the gay USA and the, the, the newsier sites as much. I mean, you know, we are, especially in my line of work as a drag queen, we're about the parties, we're about the, the booze and the boys and, you know, all of that. So, but come on, you did stuff around AIDS all the time, yes? Uh, I, I did AIDS benefits. I was actually scared away by ACT UP because, look, I was in my, or mid, imagine this, Monet, uh, mid-twenties. And, you oh know, my, my, my whole, uh, I was a twink who twink, twank, twunk. But I was, <laughs> you know, focused, my, I focused my energies on doing Wigstock because I actually got scared going to ACT UP meetings because it was kind of like this, you know, manly, it became known as a place to, to pick people up. And I've always felt a little bit oh. self-conscious out of drag. So I felt it was very like male and it just didn't, I didn't know, I, I didn't think. So I thought my role was to do wig stock and to, to give us a party and to celebrate mm. that we are alive despite AIDS. And wig stock was often considered political and in your face. That was really not my intention. My intention was to have a drag show and feature rock, bands and dance artists well, and all that that gets but, into the argument about the pride pride parades right which started right. as the christopher street liberation day march to mark the stonewall in 1970 you know was one year later and they they had a march they thought they were going to get shot so they practically ran uptown but it, this was picked up in cities around the country they were marches they were protest marches essentially with mm-hmm. rallies with very heavy political content as time went right. on you know, uh, float started, you know, go-go boys, you know, more, more party atmosphere uh, came to it. 
uh, over time. And it changed. And then, they, you know, eventually it was taken over. It used to be just a volunteer group. You know, we'd all go to meetings and plan it and all year. And then we had it. Uh, of course, the, uh, the festival afterwards was sort of taken over by the mafia, skimming money off the community. But that's another story, you know, if you remember. The festival? <laughs> what festival afterwards? There was always a festival afterwards with booths and sausage and peppers. And community groups would have uh, booths and have to pay money to have a booth on the street. But a lot of people selling things. All that money went, to the, went, to, the, went to the mob. Was this All before right. Heritage well, they don't, they don't, of Pride? They don't, Huh? Yeah, was this before they don't do anymore. Was, it kind was of bridged be- it. I, mean, I don't know the ex- I don't know the exact you know sequence there when Ed Murphy. I remember when Ed Murphy died. You know, he used to be the bouncer at the Stonewall, and that's another story. But uh, anyway, so but Heritage of Pride was founded to run it, and it became you know they hired people to do it. They raised a lot more money, a lot more corporations, and it just became this Mardi Gras. Which, you know, you, you know, you say it's uh, so I don't want to knock that because for a lot of people, they see all these happy people on the street. It makes mm-hmm. them feel better about being LGBTQ. So I'm not yeah. knocking that, you know. Yes. And it's especially valuable for young people to come and see. I mean, a lot of older people are like, oh, girl, I'm not going to wait in those lines and I'm not going to you know, sit around in a costume and kill my feet in high heels and you know, da, 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 do, do something like be on a float. That they A lot of you know, jaded older queens. But for the young people who've gotten negative messages from their church, from their family, from uh, schoolmates, to go and see out in the light of day a bunch of people like you, sometimes you might be cruising them, um, you know, it makes you feel like, wow, I do have a community. I'm not something to hang my head in shame. Now, it's a very basic definition of pride without any political or much political agenda. And of course, mm-hmm. Stonewall was a rebellion against the way police were treating uh, the people who had w- went to Stonewall and gay people in general, trans people who couldn't just go back, who lived on the streets, you know, worked on the streets and all of that. So th- this has been a, a, an argument for, for many, many years. I mean, as you mentioned, uh, the, the, the go-go boys and something on the floats. So what I noticed happening in New York Pride was that over the years, Heritage of Pride, well, the, 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 it got bigger and bigger as gays became more and more accepted. And uh, so we were, I, I would be on floats or I would see floats that were not groups like we're Ecuadorian, we're pride or proud or we're like AAers who are gay or we're parents of people who are gay or we're the trans community or whatever. It was more like... Um, we're AT&T and Red Bull and we bought this float because there's going to be a lot of gay people here to see it and we want to sell our product at this marketing opportunity where Mm -hmm. straight go-go boys are hired, you know, and, uh, you know, I I mean, listen, I've been, I have been hired on those floats. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, but there has been, there has been an increasing, um, um, I've also also done plenty of those floats for free because I wanted to be part of the parade. That was probably when I was younger, but there's been increasingly, we have looked at the parade, 
the parade as, is this just some place where we sell stuff? And in, in some of the bigger cities like New York, we have asked ourselves, should pride, well, they've always asked, should pride be a march or a parade with rainbow this and rainbow that? Well, and I, so, feel, I feel like that's recent. I, I mean, maybe because, again, I am, I'm, uh, I'm 31, but I feel like that's only in like the past two years i've heard this should be a, before that i feel like it's always been the this celebration uh parade is matter of fact people have always called it the pride parade since i have been going to prides so I, I this this asking it whether it should be a march or a parade to me this is only like the past year or two well it's look i wrote an article about this 30 years ago and said can we have something for the community groups where we get to march and then you have your mardi gras you know and and because mm-hmm. people do like it uh, but yeah, yeah. no, they want to integrate all those corporations because that's what's paying the bills for them. And it takes up all our space and it makes it last forever. I mean, Stonewall, Stonewall 50, right? Yeah. I, yes. I, did the reclaim, I did the Reclaim Pride March. It was over in a couple of hours. Stonewall 50, they kicked off at noon and they didn't finish until 1 a.m. Now, that's abusive yeah. to the people who show up to be in a, in a, in a, in a parade or a march. There's no parade yeah. that lasts that long anywhere. Well, and yeah. the idea yeah. is that because it was World Pride, they wanted to get every single float, you know, which, I mean, Heritage of Pride is nonprofit, but the, do they get do they get money from these? Well, uh, they I mean, I don't, I have, they do have staff. Have that, yeah, they have to pay for all that stuff. Yeah. Okay, so... so, so they put so many floats in that the, the parade wasn't over until 1 a.m. And, uh, you know, it, it did just seem like, where is the pride exactly? It's, is it in the marketing? So um, you are involved with Reclaim Pride, which is an alternative pride, which sa- says, no, we want no corporations. We want no mm-hmm. cops. And right. I actually... It attracted 45,000 people to Central Park in 2019 in its first year, which shows that a lot of people are feeling the same way. And last year, when there was no, because of the pandemic, there was no Pride Parade, they turned it into a Black Lives Matter march on that on that day, on uh, the last Sunday in June, which is the day. And this yeah. year, they're going to do it again around more around causes and things, because we still have a lot to march for. We don't have a federal gay rights law in this country, LGBT rights law in this country. Yeah, you know, we don't have a lot. Of, we don't have a lot of integration in the schools. Uh, and look, what's look at all the laws they're passing, trying to pass against transgender people. Uh, yeah. What would a fi- uh, this is just for the clueless people who might be listening, <laughs> not for me, Andy. Uh, what would a federal gay rights law enact? Well, actually, we had a this may shock people, but we had a very good Supreme Court decision from Neil Gorsuch last year. Right? Um, it was three cases. Uh, two of them were sexual orientation cases. One was gender identity. And the Supreme Court ruled in employment, you can't discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity in employment because it is sex discrimination. In other words, Mm -hmm. if this guy who got discriminated against because he was with a man, you wouldn't have discriminated against if he was with a woman. That's sex discrimination. And that's forbidden under the 1964 Civil Rights Act. That was a huge Mm. breakthrough. Now, we're not technically covered in everything, public accommodations, all that kind of stuff. And so we will see what happens. That's why we need that law written into law. 
Um, well, so so yeah. that would mean that would mean that you can't be fired for being gay or trans or denied a public accommodation. Now, right now, at this very moment, it might even come down Monday. It's going to come down one of these Mondays. Supreme mm -hmm. Court's going to rule other exemptions for religions to even have to do this. Now, all civil rights law, there's a certain amount of religious exemption. Catholic Church doesn't have to ordain women under the civil rights law, right? Oh, but this is this case, you're going to hear about it within the next couple of weeks or maybe even this week. I feel like they always wait around Pride time to do these big to, to do these to do these big cases. Like remember uh, in 2014 when they passed um, marriage equality? Yeah. Uh, they did like the day before Pride. Well, the day before like New York Pride or whatever. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Didn't mean yes, to you're right. Uh, actually, but I remember 1986 when they upheld the sodomy laws. In 1986, they said it was okay to ban sodomy. Uh, so we protested. I mean, they're not wrong. Sodomy is terrible. It's painful. Well, maybe maybe for you. <laughs> 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 Let me just say, I miss it. <laughs> so, Sorry, so, I, did, did, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You were you wanted to turn it on. No, I, I completely no, brought it But up. then, seventeen years later, they overturned the sodomy law. Uh, they said yeah. it's unconstitutional. Actually, yeah. Sandra Day O'Connor changed her vote from seventeen years before. So, so we're reading this big decision. But in this case, yeah. the uh, the Catholic Church in Philadelphia says we want to get city money to do adoption services, but we don't want to abide by the civil rights laws. And the, and Philadelphia is saying, you can do what you want, but you can't have our money to do it. Hello, like what the fuck? Oh, you, you will be finding out what the Supreme Court says this week. I'm worried about it. Oh God. Okay, well, we will keep an this eye on that. We're ending, but, we're sort of ending the separation of church and state in this country. But you know, you wanted to talk about police in the parade. Yeah. Yes, so but but uh, so, so but let's let's um let's just talk a little bit more about reclaim pride because sure. I, I I I attended it. Larry Kramer spoke at it. Kevin Aviance performed. Trans activists. Uh, I'm sure John Cameron Mitchell was also the entertainment. But it was mainly speeches, and it was like a it was you know that you it so there are no rainbows. The Reclaim Pride doesn't like the rainbows. Can you explain what that symbolizes? Does that symbolize the 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 vapidity of uh, of 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 the the gay pride parade with balloons and rainbows? I mean, you know, most of the rainbows you see around town are just businesses putting them out, saying, "Come on in and spend your money here." But mm. uh, that's right. But I, that's right. It's nice to see them. It's nice to see them. Uh, we all love the rainbow flag. It was, it was, you know, invented in San Francisco by Gilbert Baker and some others who put it together. I think Cleve Jones out there had a lot to do with that, putting it together. We use the, I mean, you know, Stonewall 25, right? Gilbert made a flag that was over a mile long lit and a street wide. And he cut up the flag at the end of the parade and he gave it out to all the people from around the world and they took it home and it became an international symbol. So I'm not against the rainbow as a symbol. And of course, as you know, it's changing. Different stripes uh, symbolizing mm -hmm. uh, people of color, symbolizing more directly, uh, symbolizing tr transgender people. There's a transgender flag, etc. There are like over 50 of them. Uh, Michelle Visage posted them on her. There's, there's like... 
agrosexual, uh, bisexual, pansexual. Not there. There. There's. I didn't. I did not know there were so many flags in the community. Well, I didn't know that the rainbow flag didn't represent any uh, everyone already. But that's a debate I don't even want to bother having right now. Gilbert uh, Baker did not. Did I, I, not. He did not uh, patent it. And he has given it out to the world. He's gone now. He died several. He died right before Stonewall Fifty. He was a wonderful guy. Yeah. Anyway, and it's not to say, it's not to say the flag wasn't inclusive. It's like there there were there were there were marginalized groups that were that were explicitly and and what kind of what Andre touches on in his um, Andre Thomas he wrote this article for um for um, for Gay City News and he touches on that exact point in the article and why. Um, the flags have become more inclusive. Well, Andre Thomas is this young man. I haven't met him. I've talked to him online. He is the he is the co-chair of Heritage of Pride. And they decided on their executive committee, they said, we're not going to have police in uniform the next time we have a parade. They're not even having a parade until next year. So mm. that became very controversial. Uh, then they had a membership meeting of Heritage of Pride, and they said, no, we want the Gay Officers Action League, the gay cops, in the parade, in uniform, and but we don't want the NYPD to have a contingent anymore. So what's inclusive, what's not inclusive? This is a controversy across the country. San Diego has banned cops, Denver has banned cops, in uniform. They can still march with a banner. Right, if they, yeah, yeah, if, 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 if they want to participate. You know? and, and so, and, and the reason is that, uh, you know, the gay, the, the organizers of big gay events have been faulted for not including people of color, trans people, you know, I mean, Out Magazine, everyone has been faulted for not including them. And now they, there's a, there's a visible push to, you know, be more inclusive. Um, so... I just wonder if what the central thing that Andre Thomas is saying is is something so which is that people of color and trans people who were more often harassed by police they are um, they feel unsafe with police presence there and so this is where it gets a little bit complicated because. There are other people who may feel safe with police there, and those probably aren't trans people, and those probably aren't people of color. But, I mean, it, it, is, it, it isn't unreasonable to think a huge parade at, in a city like New York City um, without any sort of, of, you know, cops or whatever, is that even feasible? Would they even get the, the permit? You know, I mean, and, and so it's, it's more involved than that because this also involves the police who march in uniform and the Gay Officers Action League, the G-O-A-L, and mm -hmm. they are gay cops. They claim that they've been on it, with making uh, LGBTQ uh, positive decisions. I have the quote here somewhere, uh, you know, within the police force. And, and they so this is this is what it really brings up for me. Um, I the, the the gay community, the LGBTQ community is defined by gender ID for trans people and who we fuck um, by everyone else. I well, never, 
Yeah, or I would like to. I, I have never, ever thought that I had the right to exclude, in this world of inclusivity is everything, to exclude someone uh, who is in the gay community. Now, I do not personally uh, support... Uh, I, I, I think religion has been used as the biggest weapon against the gay community, and I know that they're gay, you know, whatever, Muslim, Christian groups, but that is used as a weapon for bigots since the time I, you know, have oh, been... for sure. I, I don't like to see... I would rather not see um, religious groups in the parade. I don't feel that I have the, the, the ability to say, you don't belong here. I mean, I would not like to see an Israeli group uh, after what's been happening in Palestine. I would not want to see gay soldiers, yet I marched in the parade when the the marshal of the parade was actually a lesbian in the 90s who wore gradient sunglasses and posed for her press picture with, with rifles. And I thought, this doesn't represent me at all. Now, none of those people has tried to kill me but soldiers have killed one million Iraqis for no reason, and that pains me greatly. And so, you know, I mean, how am I supposed to feel? I, you know, if I see Democrats in the parade who keep these wars going just like Republicans do, and that makes me sick to my stomach, how is that supposed to make me feel? Well, I mean, my attitude is I could not possibly hope to I am part of a large community. We fuck the same way, or or they have a, a, a different gender ID. So how I do not think that I control that community, or that my concerns are that valid. You know, I really don't. I mean, I'm I'm not on the board of who, uh, you know, makes these decisions. But I just have to say. There's going to be, I'm not, I can't keep gay Republicans from marching. There's, mm -hmm. you know, they may get booed, but, you know, and I don't think that they have the gay community's best interest at heart, but they are gay. And this is what the, 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 the parade is for. Now, am I like, you know, uh, you know, it's, 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 this, this is just what I've always thought, you know, it's like, I don't have yeah. any desire to, to, I don't have any ability to say you guys are wrong. And I get really, really nervous because there's now a debate that was launched by some young guy on TikTok who said, why does, uh, you know, these parades aren't good for, they don't have access for disabled people. And why does it always revolve around, you know, drugs, sex and alcohol and kink. So, because that's what gay, some gay people like. That's why. And because, you know, I mean, maybe gay people aren't perfect. and They, they aren't. I mean, there's, there's going to be all kinds of, there's going to be mean ones. There's going to be nice ones. There's going to be evil ones. You know, but I just don't feel that it is my right to take away any other gay person's ability to march in what is an event for gay people. I just don't. Yeah. Andy, well, I, I'll, I'll let Andy go. I'm curious about Monet's perspective. Um, no, I, I, I think that that's a super valid point. I feel like in, I feel like barring a certain group of people from the parade, well, us or a certain group of queer people from the from the parade seems really reductive. But I mean, but again, but with everything happened last year, just I think it was like September, October when um, they had some march just in front of Stonewall and the police got really violent uh, with gay folk. 
Um, I think that that's a, that's like a big reason why this this uh, this initiative was launched. And also, they're not at. They're, they're not saying that cops can't march. Cops, cops can come and march, just not in uniform, not with their guns, not with their SWAT gear. They're like, like that's what they're saying. If you work as a police officer, if you have ever worked as a police officer, do not come. They're not saying that. They're saying we don't want pride policed with like people in riot gear, in SWAT gear. And but then to Bunny's point, I get that with like all these hundreds of, I mean hundreds, tens of thousands of people, that just seems like something dangerous. And yes, you do want some type of force to help make sure that things don't get too out of hand and things don't get violent so i don't think that they can i i don't think that they can even do that by law like exclude cops from being there to to help police the to put help well, police the, the here's what, well they said they were going to be a block away and the heritage of pride said that they were going to have um uh, uh private security for private security, am I wrong, but well, do private security, aren't they cops? And don't they have yeah. even less regulations than, yeah, well, than cops? Yeah. That's what it's like with private soldiers. I mean, Reclaim Pride had a press conference this week because we're going to have a march and they want the police to stay away from it. We're going to have a protest march. We don't, need, we don't want the police. I mean, uh, there's an over-policing and control of our demonstrations and our marches. They don't help facilitate them. They control them. You can walk here and you can't walk here. You do this, you right. do that. They're giving the orders while we're trying to make a statement. It's a problem. Now, I will say, Lady Bunny, your perspective that you expressed, I would say is the majority perspective in the community uh, about inclusion and, 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 and that. Uh, but don't forget, you know, Reclaim Pride said no cops. But even if cops wanted to march in a Reclaim Pride march in uniform, they couldn't. Why? The police department doesn't let people, cops in uniform, march in protest marches ever. Mm -hmm. They can't even wear their uniforms to a union demonstration for their own rights. They can't. They get. So, look, I would let police in uniform are on duty carrying their guns. Right. I don't think they should be in public demonstrations and parades. Uh, that, but if but if there's a group, a fraternal group like the Gay Officers Action League, and they want to march and they want to identify themselves, I think uh, you know I think that's fine. But and that's what well, Heritage Pride said. It, it, you know, it also just seems like a recipe for disaster to get violent. You know what I mean? All one cop has to say, and and again, we're just going by their previous actions and and their behavior. All one cop has to say is, "Oh, this person pushed on me the wrong way." Then they push back, and then it then it becomes this whole fiasco because they, because they're quote unquote doing their job. Like we have seen this time after time after time. So asking them not to be there with their guns and their fucking shields and their baton that doesn't seem crazy because they have a history of getting. Violent with people. Let with, me with give you the history of gold. But they have it a was, history of killing, of, of killing people yeah, of color. Well, of I mean, they, 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 I, I'm not saying that I'm against addressing no. police brutality, all, but uh, defunding the police, I certainly am. But I, um, I, I wonder if there's ever been any incidents of gay officers action league marching in the parade or other police marching in the parade um, who went and left their part marching in the parade and attacked uh, black or people of color or trans people i wonder if they i wonder if that has happened I don't recall anything because like that. 
Let me, again, let me give you the history. A guy named Charlie Cochran was a sergeant. He decided he wanted to testify for the gay rights bill in civilian clothes. He came to City Hall. It was explosive. He said, I am proud to be, be a police officer and I am equally proud to be gay. And that place exploded because, you know, there were no out gay cops. And mm. he formed the Gay Officers Action League. In the beginning, in the Pride March, he was the only one who showed his face in the march. Everybody else wore dark glasses and, and <laughs> hats over there. you know. But eventually, they started marching in T-shirts. And you could see them. And then they fought for the right and to... And then crop tops. And then thongs. And <laughs> then harnesses. <laughs> I mean, didn't didn't they sue for for the right yes, to be able yes. to get into the parade? Because they this was coming. No, no, not for the right to get in the parade. The parade let them in right from the get go, but but they they sued the department for the right to march in uniform. And then, uh, famous civil liberties lawyer Norman Siegel sued, saying the New York police department marching band has to march in this parade like they march in all the other parades. So we kind of fought to get them in if you want to put it that way, because it mm -hmm. was a way of saying, you know, because the police department was so oppressive and we wanted to show that there were gay people in it. It's, it was very tough to be a gay cop in the 80s into the 90s. And only recently is it easier to be out. But, you know, come on, police abuses. Last year, the chief of police, right, the police commissioner apologized for, for the Stonewall you know, a uh, uh, raid. I know. I know. Well, wow, that was timely. Then. Fifty well, years later, been arresting people and you know, entrapment, toilets, trans people walking down the street, beating people up at demonstrations. I mean, that department. I want to. We need reparations from the New York Police Department. I, I'm 67. I have friends my age who were arrested for having sex. You know, I mean, wow. just having sex privately, et cetera, you know, like, you know, in a, in a secluded place or something or in a car. It's outrageous. What? So there's a lot to make up for. You're part of Reclaim Pride, which, you know, is basically no corporations, no cops. Let's fight, you know, for these, uh, you know, equality acts and let's let's get back to let's get away from the, the partying. Heritage, I mean, so. Do, well, the listen, party was going to go on. The party was going to go on. We just wanted mm -hmm. to get people who wanted to, you know, uh, to express themselves differently on that day in the spirit of Stonewall. Right. No, it worked. No, I, I mean, it worked. Pride has more claim to the spirit of Stonewall than a parade does. Uh, I think we sometimes forget, uh, people don't even know what we're commemorating. And right. just to and just to make sure, so Heritage of Pride oversees both Reclaim, Reclaim no, Pride. No, 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 no. Reclaim Pride is oh. completely separate. We used to be a protest march within the Heritage of Pride. We had a got it, got it, got it, got it. And then we split off. Now, people say that's divisive. I, look, there's a dyke march. There's a trans march. There's a, <laughs> a, a drag march. Uh, th there are many ways to commemorate the Stonewall. Do it your way. Yeah. And if a lot... if Enough people, Lady Bunny, say we want a parade where police in uniform can march. You can have one. Do one. But, you know, Heritage of Pride, I think Heritage of Pride, that could go either way over the next year or so. 
but uh, we'll see. Well, yeah. well they've, co- they've committed. I mean, s- sometimes I think Heritage of Pride is complete bullshit. I mean, they sue promoters for using the word pride on an invite. I mean, they've... Th- really? They, they, oh, yes, they've been... I mean, they've been tough to deal with. I have to say, when I'm on a parade float and I see cheerful dykes coming over with bottles of ice-cold water, I think this is a ridiculously well-run event. I know people who have... who come back to New York to volunteer because they want to yeah. feel like they're part of something, you know, that big. Obviously, it, it does not stick much with, uh, with um, I, I mean, it's, it's a very establishment kind of thing, which Reclaim Pride isn't. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's kind of a, a breaking away of the people who want the, to focus on issues rather than the people who want the balloons and the boys and the floats. And, the, and, and I mean, I do think it's important to have both, but I... I have to say that the year that they didn't do Pride um, on uh, because of COVID, Heritage of Pride. Um, mm-hmm. So, well, they did because I did it downtown. Well, it was but it was online. It was like a really small truncated thing, and we all went downtown. It was just right there on 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 Christopher Street, like oh, right I didn't in front know of that. their their yeah, right in right in front of their offices, and they had like a little thing there. Yeah, and they're doing it again. So it was just. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I mean, we were not in the throes of of COVID, but at any rate, right, right, right. I remember looking. At, I mean, I'm on their newsletter. Yeah, I'm on their newsletter, and I get their 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 things. You know, so I saw them start putting images of mostly people of color and talking about all the time talking about black equity. Now. I would love it if they were committed to black equity. I would love it if this was not just inclusion on face value. But I mean, when I, I, I when they had the World Pride, someone said, "Oh, do you want to go do a backup dance thing for Cindy Lauper singing True Colors at the Barclays mm-hmm. Center?" Barclays being a huge bank, um, huge banks which are giving and credit card companies which are many of of the sponsors uh, mm-hmm. are. Uh, you know, something that that will not give loans to people of color. You know, that this is this is like you know they will not let people of color get mortgages. So I mean, I looked at this and just rolled my eyes and thought, you know, if you're committed to uh, black equity, I would love to see it, but I don't think you are because you've always been like the gays in the military, the most establishment causes. I mean, when we did silly floats like legalize. Prostitution, we were frowned on. We, my float was actually used as an example. To, the, they filmed it and showed what not to do. You know how not to well, have I your float. I think that was because, because of your outfit and your hair, baby. It wasn't because <laughs> of the, the float, honey. Well, it was also because they didn't want something that was messy. And we were we were silly, but we were proud. And you know, the funny thing is, I remember this is in the nineties. I remember uh, seeing the float behind us. We literally had mattresses slung on the back of a flatbed truck, and we 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 had someone worked at Sports Illustrated, and our they made beautiful signs that looked professional that said "gay whores" and "legalized prostitution." We had like some pitiful Whore. drums, no sound system or whatever, and this was long before oh legalized sex work or sex positivity, and we weren't prostitutes. We were just being crazy. And 
and so I, I was on ecstasy and I looked at the float uh, that was that was behind us and it was literally an iron life-size statue of 15 people in a semicircle uh, uh, on the ground be beaten with one guy with a cop thing standing up. So, like, like beating them. And I thought, oh, wow, that killed my buzz. Now I understand, you know, now that we have the internet and, and we have cell phone videos of black people being killed, I know why people of color would be uncomfortable. But my question is, and obviously you're in Reclaim Pride, which says no corporations, no cops, so it's very different from Heritage of Pride. Is this just performative, like the black equity? Well, I've suggested that, for years that if you want corporate sponsors, have them stand on the sidelines with their banners saying, we support you. Don't take up space in our parade. <laughs> you know? um, so so yeah. we'd like to get home and go to the party later. You know, I mean, seriously, let it be, let it be for community groups and for us. No, I'm saying let the, if they want to support us, they can support us, but don't take up space in our parade. Well, we did talk a little bit uh, on the phone about, an attitude that is common among people who were my age. Um, when gays had very little support, they were pleased to see someone accepting them, even if it was a corporation, especially if it was a corporation, because at one point corporations were taking a leap and then some of the corporations, like I think maybe Disney is one, started to say that we uh, support um uh, you know, we, we have better practices for, for we, we support gay couples or we put them on our insurance or whatever. So those were held up as, you know, being friendlier to get. So we, you know, yeah. welcome them even more. And then even police were welcomed because nobody, I mean, politicians were afraid to even stand up for us at a time. So over the years, it's kind of like it was like, oh, OK, now it's all corporate. You're right. It used to be exciting to see people get to be on our side. But like with the corporations, and you talked about Barclays, but I mean, all these corporations saying they're for us, and then you look at their campaign donations, and they go to anti-gay Republicans who are killing us, right. uh, and not just gay people, but voting rights and everything else. So if they're serious about this, they've really got to cut those donations as well, and they don't. Yeah. But, but, yes, and there was. But, but, but that's, that's also an interesting thing, though, because you see, like, for example, like I remember when everything last year was going on in like June and July, or whatever, and then they like this like big like mega list of the of, of companies that support anti gay legislature came out, and then Taco Bell was on there, and everyone's like, oh, bad Taco Bell, do not you talk about Taco, Taco Bell is horrible. But then you find out like in like when you like really look at it, it was like one franchise in Alabama donated. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like the corporation as a whole. Which again, these rich ass people. I'm sure that at, at the at the top one percent of Taco Bell CEO folk, whatever they're donating to anti-gay legislation, but that doesn't mean that Cindy, who bought the franchise in upstate New York, is doing that with her business. You know what I mean? So it's well, like I understand. it's like kind of this like weird thing. So you're saying that reclaim pride is the kind of thing where we're going to try to put the pieces together and say we don't want funding by people who are actually helping, uh, you know. Hurting gay rights, well, helping you, the, the, the enemies thing, of gay rights. The big thing will be to get a group like the Human Rights Campaign to say that. Because, look, sometimes corporations play a positive role in a, in a state and they say, don't pass this law or we're moving out. 
But now mm-hmm. there are so many of these anti-trans laws. They're not saying that. They're just saying, well, we don't like that. Don't do that. But they're not leaving. I mean, Tennessee is the worst. And some people are leaving because, because it's just oh, it's an anti-trans bill every week. That's where I grew up. That's where I grew uh, up. Uh-huh. I grew up in and, Chattanooga, Tennessee. <laughs> and it speaks volumes to everything I know about you. Bunny. Shut up. Um, so, Andy, so just so we know, for the Reclaim Pride March, that is ha- that is happening on yes. what day this year? You can Google Reclaim Pride and it'll come up. But here it is. Everybody's gathering at 2.30 p.m. in mm-hmm. Bryant Park, which is on 6th Avenue, right behind the library at 41st Street. Gather, mm-hmm. kick off at 3 o'clock, march down 7th Avenue, over to 7th Avenue, down to the village, past the Stonewall, and over to Washington Square Park for a rally. Now, of course, in 2019, when we went to Washington Square for a rally, or no, excuse me, last year, last year, Washington Square for a rally, the cops wailed on people because they said we weren't following orders. And a friend of mine got his head bashed in. CBS Sunday Morning this week devoted the entire hour and a half to the, the issues around policing in this country. I didn't realize this. The average in, in New York City, you know how much training they get before they go out on the beat? Six months. 17 weeks. 17 weeks. You know how much they get That's in, crazy. In, in Europe? Three years of training before they oh, go out. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's Japan has a police force that they love because they work with the community. They really work with the community. They don't just mm-hmm. say that they do. They're beloved yeah. because they really work with the community and they're nonviolent. But I, but that but I think it, it's also like a culture thing, right? Because you 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 go to Japan and it is just not a hostile, aggressive culture. You you don't have people on. You don't have people being like, give give us our goddamn guns because like you like th- that's just not part of the culture of of, of, of Japanese folk. So I think it's like well, you don't have assault systemic- rifles. That- right. It's it it is it is it is a character flaw. Of the majority of Americans who just are fucking crazy and don't <laughs> and can't live without their goddamn guns. Uh, so, so what's the answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't uh, honestly and and Bunny. I mean, I do I hear what you're saying about it being seeming to be performative, but I feel like the change. I mean, I don't know how we can get it to change. I think, I think, I think you're right. We, we we've seen so many administrations. And we've had hope of administrations having positive and uh, change, but with well, policing, but it just seems like it just can never get its feet off the ground. I don't. Well, they do I say don't, I don't know. Camden, New Jersey, is held up as an example where it's working in this country. But that's the problem. We have what's Japan, working. What what is yeah, working? working there? How they really interact with the community? How they de-escalate situations? How they don't have these violent confrontations? They have succeeded there. But we have t- ten thousand different police departments in this country, and they're all independent. Right. We, we right. don't have right. one idea of policing in this country, and that's right. that's also the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Andy, you have this has been such a great conversation to have with you. We're so grateful that you are spending your pride your 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 pride (laughs) June Saturday Sunday Friday whatever day it is with us. (laughs) Great to be with you. An honor. Well, it's also. 
Well, no, it's also great to get historical perspective that, you know, I, I if I did know it, I've forgotten it. And you I'm glad that you have it. You jokingly refer to yourself as a has been. But no, I'm going to say that you should be respected as an elder. Monet didn't know that there was anyone elder than me, but there is. And we do need to respect people like you who were out there fighting for the rights that we now enjoy. And you still are. And you're still getting the issues out there on Gay USA. Just Google Gay USA. We put a new we have we put a new show up every week, every 52 weeks a year. Well, Andy, done. thank you so much. Andy Hum, Gay USA, it's on Dish. Just Google it. It comes up and it's all the issues. All right. And then where can uh, do you guys have social media, Andy? That's people can follow oh, you. Guys I'm on, on Facebook as Andy Hum and yeah, uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm is there a gay cable network insta or gay cable network yeah yeah gayusatv.org gayusatv.org but if you google it it comes up okay okay thank you very much thank you so much Lenny, this is not a funny interview. This was a very serious topic. How dare you laugh? Oh, I, I was laughing at your face. <laughs> you see, they can't it see was... us, but we can see each other. Yes, we can. And, it, and Bunny has a very nice, frilly little, her hair is parted in front of her left eye. It looks very flirty and fun. Oh, well, I, it's also very greasy. <laughs> and it's, also, it's also gray. Because, you know, when your hair goes gray, you try not to let it get too greasy because then it's like that total hag. You know, it's not like, like it's not haggy. It's like, ooh, Cronesville. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was a very I'm happy that we had Andy on on today. So much great information, such good conversation. And these are the conversations we need to be having. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people feel so weird about the whole heritage of pride thing and reclaim pride. So it's nice to have Andy here to talk through that. And um and, you, you know, know, you know the, I have a friend. I have a friend who was discussing this on Facebook, and this isn't this isn't a Facebook friend. I know this person well. He said that the last time he went to a Heritage of Pride thing, he was shoved by a policeman, and he's black. So, I mean, you know, this this uh, this happens. We we talk about herstory as if it's a, a light kind of thing. Our, are the her, the herstory of LGBT rights before we could parade on drag in drag on TV is a long and an ugly and a brutal one that started yeah. fighting police at Stonewall. Yeah, yeah. Um, so keep that, keep all those things in mind, children, as you are celebrating your pride in your various cities, or if you are allowed to do it outside, or if you have to be virtual, just have those thoughts just playing in in the background of your mind and just live with them and sit with them. You know what I mean? And um, if some of you young people want to get more involved in the issues, please check out Andy Hum and Ann Northrup's show, Gay USA, which you just Google and it, it and it pops up on Dish Network and it's it's about the issues. So maybe you want to have a party with your balloons and confetti and house music all night long and get involved in the issues. You know, the shows stay up on YouTube. You can watch them whenever you want. And if any young men out there want to get involved in my whole, my Instagram is at Monet Exchange. 
Uh, that's not very inclusive of young women. Or old women. <laughs> um, also, don't forget my new single, Love Like This, is out. The video is out on YouTube. It's everything. You should buy it and stream it. And uh, show me your love and support on the on Instagram, on on Twitter, wherever you listen. I would love to hear your thoughts about it. If you like it, if you love it, if yes. you hate it. Anyone. Well, if it's yeah. as good as there for you, you're one of your singles that I like. Well, maybe it wasn't singles, it was an album. But yeah, I have a new album, uh, a Deal with Columbia. And uh, I only have oh. to buy 13 more albums in the next year. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ebony and Irony. Again, we say it every week because it, it's important and it matters. Please go to Apple Podcasts and rate our podcast and give us five stars and leave a comment, leave a review. Shall I go in today and read somebody? Sure. Why not? Uh, but first of all, wait a minute. Everyone's screaming for the Ebony and Irony theme song to come out. Like the co consumer is there begging for the product, saying, if I this know. came on in a club, I would da 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 da. And you know, some of it is some cute young men that I want to see humping around to our vocals gliding over those sexy beats. And <laughs> Monet is too busy with her solo project to give Ebony and Irony pockets. She'll read the reviews <laughs> but she won't even listen to him as well as said witty and funny hooked on this podcast it is hilarious and also discusses current topics lady bunny and monet exchange are brilliant next one says monetary exchange and lady bunion absolutely <laughs> fantastic and the song is a real barn burner a barn burner that oh, is a term bad. that sounds very caucasian oh oh okay well maybe if they said cross burner it would sound more ethnic <laughs> oh my god <laughs> bunny only fans bunny i'd prescribe to your only fans for jokes and political commentary amazing y'all this is the best podcast the best love y'all so much and the last one i'm gonna read love the pod monet date me oh i need a sh oh i need a sugar okay. mom oh we Absolutely have blind not. listeners we have blind <laughs> listeners that, oh, that is so diverse oh <laughs> okay this is the last one informed hunty thanks for taking the time for making this podcast i love listening every week lady bunny and monet are a great duo and very entertaining oh did they say so, entertaining or did you add that no they said the entertained i did okay. not add the extra t they did okay well yeah um, so thank y'all and we'll see y'all next week bunny enjoy driving dragon Please be careful going up and down the stairs. I wouldn't want you to break a... <laughs> Goodbye, you whore. <laughs>